0: Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 28th of February 2023, recording this on the 27th of February 2023, turning the page to March, so it's time to look at some real heavy college basketball stuff. Number one, what makes this league so good, the Big 12, when it comes to college basketball? Why is the investment in the Big 12 basketball from the individual schools Paid off. How great are the coaches? Things like that. And then a look at those coaches, the three coaches that I think are in the running for coach of the year. Rodney Terry at Texas, Bill Self at Kansas, and then Jerome Tang at K-State. We'll discuss their candidacy and who I think should be the guy right now. Make sure you guys subscribe here, Locked On Big 12. Uh, you guys can do that. It makes a whole big difference for us, the more subscribers that we have. Liking the video helps a lot as well, so please like these videos. Uh, if you guys cannot listen to the show, make sure you guys find us, or you can't watch the show, I should say. Make sure you guys find us wherever you get your podcast Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, those places. And make sure when you guys do, you guys download the episodes there. Follow us on Twitter at LO Big 12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. I am still on vacation right now. So because of that, there are no graphics, there is no intro, I just have my mic, I have my uh, QuickTime player, which I'm converting into an MP4, then putting onto the YouTubes, and then putting that into an MP3. So uh, a little bit more bare bones this week, we we'll are back to normal back in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, Studio 1A, as I call it, in my apartment, it'll be back to normal next week. But all right, let's get down to brass tacks. So, uh, you know, I was thinking about this, and we've been talking so much about the Pac-12, In the Big 12, and I think there's one area, and it's funny because our guy Spencer McLaughlin from Locked On Pac-12 asked, you know, he wanted to talk about like what are the big differences between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 when it comes to basketball, and it's so funny because I didn't mean to be dismissive to it, but I responded to it, you know, being like, it's a pretty simple question, right? It's a it's pretty simple answer, I think. You know, sometimes a lot of these uh, questions about why do people care more, you know, or or why is one program better than the other, why is a program struggling, or whatever it is. You know, why is this collection of programs good? Why is this collection of programs bad? It can be stuff about like, you know, like anthrop- anthropology, like, hey, there's a lot of people moving out of this place to this place. You know, it's a hot growing, it's a hotbed, right? You know, they're tough to recruit there. You know, I think it, 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 it's like Nebraska, right? Nebraska is a great example. Why is Nebraska now bad at football? Well, it's a combination of things, right? One, not a lot of kids who are good at football live in Nebraska and the Dakotas and those areas, uh, to competition right because of three television uh, Nebraska used to be one of the big dogs one of the few teams that was on TV and uh, that's not the case anymore everybody is on television now are they always in high profile matchups no but you can always watch your son or your son or your daughter play you know anywhere you want to and it applies to Nebraska football and so that's been an issue for them and uh, you know I think FSU did it right like FSU understood uh, you know uh, Bobby Bowden knew this if we go all, all over the place and we play all these different teams, more people will watch us, more people will pay attention, and so that's why FSU became a good brand, right? So there are some of these complicated answers to these questions about why is Team X, Team Y, collection of Team X, collection of Team Y's, you know, why are they not as good? The Big 12, why is the Big 12 so good at basketball? It's a pretty simple answer in my opinion. Uh, The investment that these schools, most of these schools, have made in their basketball programs is significant And the coaches that they have selected to run their programs have been fantastic. And all of them, it's almost like all of them, I mean, I I know some of them maybe not, but, like, there is such a good understanding across the board on the whole from these coaches about, like, what what makes their teams good and even, like, what makes their teams good in specific seasons, right? So I think Bill Self, like, you know, just knowing that this team right now, what makes them good is – Obviously Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick playing well, but like Dewan Harris being more aggressive, being a guy you who know, attacks. And I think you see it in certain games. Uh, you know, Jerome Tang knows that the energy and, and the uh, you know the enthusiasm of a Marquise Noel and empowering a guy like that, while he might turn the ball over a lot, makes him a dangerous player because of all the places that he can shoot from and how good he is at setting up all of his teammates. Right. I think, you know, I mentioned, you know, two guys left point guards. TJ Otzelberger understands that his team will only be successful if they play defense at an elite level. And that is what that team has done. The understanding of these coaches is is so good. But, you know, if you go back to the original thing, like the hiring processes, the the facilities, I mean, it's crazy to think, guys, that, you know, a few, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you'd say Texas Tech, Lubbock, Texas. That is a place, and I know Bobby Knight coached there, and I know there's, you know, it's it's somewhat of a good tradition, but um, that that would be one of the most difficult places to go and play and win. And they're a that's a program that you're going to be seeing on Monday night playing for a national championship game. I mean, the fact that we're talking about a program that was upset about with Mark Adams' performance this year, you know, and you know, I know a and Conference play is bad anywhere you go, but like. The guy was really successful last year, and this has been a disappointing season. The fact that that's the new standard at Texas Tech speaks to an entire community's investment. It's a nice arena where they got they got good coaches identified like a Chris Beard who they brought in there. And then Mark Adams gets the reins afterwards and, look, say what you want about this season. But right now they're playing like a top 25 team. And also last year, you can't you know disagree, was it Elite Eight that the Texas Tech was in last season? I think it was against Duke, whatever it was, Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Um, you know, thinking about – yeah, I think it was Elite Eight when they, when they played Duke. Thinking about that, like that is the investment – that they've made, you know, places like Kansas State and, uh, you know, basically saying no, like Bruce Weber, I'm sorry, and we know, we know you went to an Elite Eight a little while ago, but you're not meeting the standards right now. You're not where we should be as a program. We're going to can you we're going to go get a guy like a Jerome Tang who was selective and handpicked his job. And, you know, you're going to make our already awesome, you know, tradition and also our already awesome arena like even better. I mean, that is that is such a good hire. Like, we're going to talk about more more with Jerome Tang uh, in a little bit here. But, oh, my God, picking a guy who knew the league for so long, like maybe not the sexiest name. I was surprised Jerome Tang wasn't a coach sooner, but he was being selective, and, and Gene Taylor got his guy, and it's really just paid off, obviously. Uh, Kansas, not really sure we talk about the investment of basketball at Kansas just because it's so apparent. I mean, every single season, so, like, kind of just put them to the side. Um, but, you know, like, the places that struggle with this – Obviously, I would say places like Oklahoma, right? Like, fan apathy is a huge problem that they have. And I think they did a great job the last two coaches hire, coaching hires they made, both with Porter Moser and Jenny Baranchek, because, like, the the thoughtfulness about, you know, uh, what we want our basketball to look like has is, is really been there. Now, as the fans, have they reciprocated? No, but, like, you know— I know the teams aren't always the most fun to root for. There's not a ton of talent in these teams. And, you know, they're seeing guys like Alondis Williams go elsewhere and have some success, but it's very obviously difficult to do. Davion Harmon goes to two other places and is a pretty good player. And that's obviously difficult to do, but you get a coach like a Porter Mosier, and, like that felt like a slam dunk at the time. I know it doesn't right now, but like, that's a, that's, yeah, that's an investment. That is an investment. Now, the Lord Noble Center, they need to improve that a whole lot more. I know they're to the SEC, and so I'm really curious to see, because they they're have to have an even larger influx of money. They have to fix that. Gallagher-Iberina is a great place. They've got a great guy, Mike Boyden. I think right now for them, the pro- I mean, they made the investment, tell you what, on the recruiting front. Like, Kate Cunningham, obviously, coming in, and their recruiting class next year, my God, looks really, really strong. They've made an investment on that front, could tell you that. Mike Boyden, though, too, is, just, is a really strong character guy who is leading them through a time of – uh, supreme uncertainty. And after you guys hear this, show, or when you guys see this show, you guys will know what happened to the Oklahoma State-Baylor game. Big game, obviously, happening tonight. Um, but I, I just think the investment, you know, in him has been there and, and, and allowing him to cook. And, and uh, the investment and also the guys are bringing in, you know, has been there as well, too. Iowa State, like, my God, Hilton Coliseum is a great place to go see a basketball game. And obviously, you know, uh, that program is a bit different. But, like, the fan investment, Right, the fan investment there is absolutely off the charts. They pack Hilton, it's a it's it looks like an incredible place to go see a basketball game. I remember when I was at Missouri, you know, Missouri always seems to be assigned Iowa State in the whether it's non con or the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And I already send broadcasters and they're like, Oh my god, this is one of the best places that I've ever seen a basketball game in. Not surprising, it's not surprising at all. Not surprising when you think about it. So, I think. You know, like you just go down the line with all these places. TCU, my God, I mean, <laughs> I, I like they're they're on like the bottom end of things. But like, think about Jamie Dixon. you are pry that kind of guy away from a place like Pitt to come home, and and. I don't – I mean, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't think about TC basketball tradition. But the fact they're about to stack two teams back-to-back – I said this a bunch during the season. They got screwed against Arizona last year, but they could have beaten that one seed. They could have beaten the one seed last year, the Arizona Wildcats. They had a, And that was an awesome Arizona team. They had them dead to rights. Foul called did – not dead to rights, but competitive game. Foul call does not go their way. They get screwed in that game. But now the fact that they're back and this season – They just absolutely smoked Kansas in their own building. My God, the fact they've got players like Emmanuel Miller, like Mike Miles, like Eddie Lampkin, the fact they've got depth, too. You can tell the investment in the roster has been there. And look, also, there have been certain games where – you know, once the the shine of football season kind of wore off, they really got in themselves into basketball season. They were able to generate some more momentum. They had some pretty packed games this year. I think the game they played against Oklahoma looked like an awesome crowd. And so, you know, I know it's not one of the better home court advantages, but they've done a really good job of making that a better home court advantage than it's been in the past. And so I think that's like, you know, I, I mean, I'm listing all of these goals. Baylor, pretty clear they have – the, the investment in recruiting, and you guys are going to understand what I'm saying here. The investment in recruiting under Scott Drew has been significant. Uh, great guy, love Scott Drew, but the one thing that you hear to a person who discusses, not this is not just Scott Drew, this is Jerome Tang, this is that whole staff, relentless recruiters in every facet of recruiting, if you pick up my drift. I've got no problem with it, man, that's just how the game's played, but relentless recruiters. Great coaching staff, obviously, and those fans fill up that feral Center, you know, for those really big games, and it's a it's a raucous, loud, crazy environment. But they have made the, you know, they did make financial commitments too to some of that staff to stay on board and, and stay there, and they've also made commitments that they've gotten really good recruits. Guys, like that's, you know, investments not just um, facilities and coaches, it is in recruiting and some different, you know, the, the ways that we talk about it, right? Making sure that student athlete experience is 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 attracting really great players. That's all of this that's there. I mean, Texas just built their new arena. I'm not sure I need to speak any more about that. And they hired Chris Beard and they paid him a, a massive bag to pull him away from the school that he took to a Nash Championship. It's in a power conference. It's a really good program. Uh it's becoming you know an even better program I'm talking about Texas Tech. So like you know I, I think there's that's kinda of all that needs to be said uh, there. Just everywhere you, like this is the difference. This is the difference. The investment, whether it is recruiting uh, and I'm, I know I'm missing some. I mentioned Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas. Yeah, West Virginia. They got they got the Hall of Famer, right? They got the Hall of Famer Bob Huggins, who's coaching, and he he is, his approach is a bit different. He is so good at finding guys that just want to be want to work their asses off for him. Like all those players just take a bullet for him. There's a reason why Oscar Shebwa just couldn't play for him, man. I mean, that, it's just he's a demanding guy. And you see guys like Deuce McBride go to the NBA and they're playing really well. And Javon, like, those are two guys that, Javon Carter and Deuce McBride, I can promise you this. Like, the work they put in in college of just being pestering, you know, 35, 40-minute-a-game players, you see it coming out. Like, there are times... Where I see Deuce McBride late in Knicks games, he's playing out there. He's an important part of the team. I mean, Javon Carter is a pesky defender who's going to be able to hang around the NBA for a long time because of that, uh, you know, because of the the cardio that he has, uh, just the ability to be a solid player, a solid defender. Like, they have got all of these guys that want to play for him. And, you know, I think the investment in West Virginia basketball, that really comes down to, and I I know, you know, it's been fading as of late, West Virginia. you know, this year, this year they're right back in the tournament mix, obviously, uh, you know, this season. But Bob Huggins is a Hall of Famer, man, and he is so good at finding guys to come play for him. And I, I, I thought that Deuce McBride team with, with Derek Culver should have gone further, but uh, they, just, they just didn't go as far. It's coming towards the end, but still he's a Hall of Famer, right? And he's at West Virginia right now, so obviously that shows the investment. And um, that really does get us to the coaching. That, that gets us to the coaching part of this. There's not a bad coach in this league. You might want to can your coach, OU fans, or you might want him to go to Notre Dame. But we can't argue with the tournament results of one Porter Mosher with the quality of athlete, quality of player that he had at uh, you know a place like Loyola Chicago. That cannot be overstated how good he was. West Virginia Bob Huggins Hall of Famer. Not sure if he's Hall of Fame caliber anymore, but still Hall of Famer. Texas Tech Mark Adams like waited his turn, and guys, the results last year were very very strong and people speak about mark adams they have a lot of reverence for the kind of coach that he is and i know this season has not been great but it's 16 13 5 11 in the league still still have a chance still have a shot it feels like they're not out of this thing just yet and uh the fact that this team has felt like it's been a maybe a bit of a talent gap the fact that they've got guys like tyson and harman and amac you know all these guys together like and pop isaacs too they feel like a team that's got a lot more, no pun intended, pop than they did earlier in the season, and Kevin O'Banner, can't forget him. Like They've got a bunch of decent players. This is not a horrible basketball team. I mentioned talent gap earlier. That appeared that way. That, that talent gap has been somewhat erased here as of late. And a lot of that, I think, is due to the coaching and the buy-in that he's got. Mike Boyden talked about that. Awful situation, still dealing with scholarship limits. Having to deal with the NCAA, screwing them a couple years in the middle of the season. There is no better human being slash coach. You know, kind of He straddles that great line, you know, is he the best coach in the league? No. Uh, hard to find a better human though, than Mike Boyden. I mean, that guy is awesome, and he's just a loving guy, and he wants to encourage his basketball team. He understands how to give them tough love at times. Maybe the worst roster in the league, but, man, do they fight hard. Man, do they know their identity. Rebounding and defense and hitting the occasional three and and guys like Caleb Boone being tough, that's that's their calling card. Jamie Dixon, a really respected coach. He's got this team looking like one of the most horrifying teams in the country. TJ Otzelberger, I know they've fallen off the end the last couple of years, but, my God, this team, you know, I, they lack a lot of scoring punch. This kind of weird eclectic group of guys, for them, you know, is, is another NCAA tournament team, uh, tournament-bound team. Scott Drew, Hall of Famer, uh, Bill Self, Hall of Famer, Rodney Terry. You know, what I mean, what a difficult situation he steps into. But even the guy comes off, the, you know, not even the main seat in the bench. First opportunity he gets here at Texas and is absolutely coached out of his team. That gets us to the next point about this. So, so you know, to put a pin in that, what separates this league from the rest of the leagues, right? It is the coaching. It is the coaching. It's the fan investments. You all out there are watching this and your friends and your family who all love the basketball schools, basketball teams from the schools that you cheer for. It's it's interesting, though, because I think about, like, the SEC, right? Like, they're still behind on this. They're, they're still, you know, at a point where, you know, like, we're, we're still, you know, Mike White switching from Florida and goes over to, to Georgia, and we was still getting guys, you know, from USF, you know, where we're trying to figure out, like, you know, what the – like they're still pulling a lot of guys in mid majors, you know, have had some decent runs. Like Porter Mosher, like really had the pick of the litter, right? You had the pick of the litter in terms of which jobs he had that he wanted, and that's kind of where the Big 12 is. Like you're getting, you're getting guys who want to come and coach in the best league in America. It's kind of what you're getting with this. Uh, let's say a quick word though from our sponsors at Built Bar, and then we'll hit on what we're talking about with the three coaches in line for Coach of the Year. Uh, today's show brought to you all by built Bar. built.com is one place you could go or you guys could go to sam's club you guys go to walmart uh, walmart's got the 14 or the four pack rather sam's club has the 13 pack you guys cannot beat that go to sam's club today or walmart they've got different flavors they're delicious they're good they're good for you make sure you guys check that out today built.com walmart and sam's club uh, all right, so there are three coaches battling it out right now for Coach of the Year in the league. That is Kansas. That is Texas. Uh, that is Kansas State. That is Bill Self, Rodney Terry, and then Jerome Tang. At this point in time, KU, 12-4, up one game. Texas, 11-5. K-State, 10-6. Uh, I'm not going to throw Scott Drew in there just because it was, it's been up and down for them, and I, I feel like with expectations where they are for that group. I shouldn't really be rewarding them. Um, it's funny. I, I've heard a few people speak on this, and I have heard varied opinions. I have heard some people think Bill Self, another great job. I have heard people that think Jerome Tang expectations plus what you know what, what they've done results-wise should get the nod. I have heard people say Rodney Terry with what he should deal with. And I have, I've heard people kind of almost out and out. I've heard Bill Self dismissed. I've heard Terry dismissed. I haven't heard Jerome Tang dismissed, which, which kind of leads me to think that he might be the guy that's going to win this award. But the case for Bill Self is this. Bill Self has done a fantastic job this season with a team that's got guys who won the championship last year, but he's always so good at elevating guys to the next level. Dewan Harris has, at times, elevated his game. Kevin McCullough, too comes over. He's kind of the one big transfer that they get. Jalen Wilson, though, to me, has always been a guy with a lot of talent. And um, he's put a lot of work in on parts of his games, like game, like three-point shooting, and, re- and he's always been a good rebounder. But the passing this year has taken a big step backwards for him. Uh, no, it's not. Excuse me, not step backwards. He has not used it as much. His ferocity on the boards, though, to me, is just... Up a tick. Now, that used to be a way that he could get the ball more. You know, that's kind of how he could get the rock more was, was the rebounding. He's getting the rock enough now, too. He's just persistent on the glass, and the rest of the team takes after him. I think Bill Self kind of instilled a lot of that in him. Um, and the way they use KJ Adams. Well, this group just works together. Not a deep group, but they work so well together. To come back from a championship season, be pole position in the toughest league in America, is very difficult. It's not like they're in the AAC. No disrespect to the AAC. Um but it's not like they're in the easy league. It's not the ACC even, right? It's not an easy league. It's a possible league to win. And he's done a great job this year. And they're in prime position to win this thing. And he does deserve, uh, you know, just because he's won the award a lot does not mean he shouldn't be considered. Rodney Terry. I, you know, I think a 22-7, 11-5 in the league. People are thinking, well, you know, how much credit does he get? It's a really good basketball team. But the more and more I watch this team, like, I, they're talented, Yes they might not be as talented as I thought they were going to be or as I thought they were maybe. And so it's interesting because I think the fact that he's made, he's had this group play so freaking well together that at one point they were the favorite to win this conference. The fact that they all take the approach of like, we have to be where our feet are on that given day. I thought that stretch of games they played against Kansas and Kansas state was fantastic. They got the win at Bramlage and then they went and played KU on Monday night and they fought their tails off all the way to the end. And maybe, you know, under Chris Beard, they probably do that too, I'm sure whatever. But like under a lesser coach, that's a win one and we're gonna blow off the next game. You know, we already got our one road when we needed. And not gonna you know, completely suck, but like, oh, you know, Kansas Kansas is gonna beat us in this game. They just they would not accept that. They kept fighting the entire way. This team's got a lot of fight. I, I didn't think they lost any fight in that game against Baylor. They just were not the better team in that game, but they have been so good. They have made home court an absolute fortress for them this season. It's been, you know, it's been a place that they have uh, you know, I, I think what was the one the home game against K-State they lost. Um, and then Illinois, I forgot that was that was a neutral site game. Yeah, Jimmy V Classic, they lost that game. Uh, so you know, really like yeah, I mean that, that home court for them has been phenomenal this year. Shout out to the fans. But that this is why You know, Chris Beard putting together that staff of so many guys. And, look, I I have my opinions on Chris Beard, the person. But as a coach, putting together that staff that was full of guys that have been head coaches, absolutely 110% paid off. And Roddy Terry is one of those guys. And I think he's been letting the assistants coach, you know, the same way he's been. You know, he's kind of taught to coach under Chris Beard. And so it's worked out so well for them. It's been so impressive to watch. And deserves legitimate – I mean, if they win the league, guys, it's going to be hard not to vote for them. If they win this thing outright, which is hard to do, it'll be hard for me not to vote for them. Jerome Tang's the other one. They're not going to win this league at this point in time, uh, or it feels like, and, and you know they could get a share of it. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, the roster, you know, coming into the season, a lot of question marks. Noel is a little ball of fire. He's empowered him, as I mentioned earlier. Keontae Johnson, they had no idea what they're going to get from him. They've ridden that guy all season long, and he has been an absolute horse for them this year. And for him to to have the highs and lows of the Big 12 season, to manage it so well, uh, you know, to be kind of a champion for Kansas State basketball through all of it, to kind of change some of the cultural things about it, to finally pick that job is just like he is he's a rock star. He is really a rock star and deserves a ton of consideration. I think he's gonna win this award because of what people expected from K-State and actually what we got, because they're a bona fide top 12 team. They're a bona fide top 12 team. I think we've been seeing it enough now to, to understand this team should be a top five team. All of those guys are worthy. I think Tang is in the conversation for national coach of the year. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if we see him get that award, especially with how good they've been, uh, you know, I think Rodney Terry should be in that conversation. I don't think Bill Self will because nobody's going uh, to hand Bill Self that. I think, when I think of national coach of the year this year, I think Matt Painter at Purdue. I think Nate Oates at Alabama now I think that might get a little bit of uh, a little tweak into that because of how good he's been. I think our old friend Shaka Smart deserves some consideration over at Marquette it's top top 10 team and they're going to looks like right now they got the inside track to win the Big East which has as good of a top of the league as any other conference in America even the Big 12. They're top 4 I'm not sure it's as good as the Big 12's top four, but it's up there, man. You talk about a Creighton, you talk about a Marquette, you talk about Providence, you talk about Xavier, you know, up top, talk about UConn, you know, they got a lot of really good schools up there up top. Don't think it's as good as ours uh, in the Big 12, but I think we have to consider that one as, as a really good league, and he's been fantastic. So I would throw Jerome Tang right there in that mix. Roddy Terry wins this thing, guys. If he pulls it out in this last week, I don't think it's likely, but I think we actually have to consider him for, for Big 12 Coach of the Year. All right, that will do it for today's show. Or not Big 12 Coach of the Year, National Coach of the Year. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Uh, as always, like the video, subscribe to the channel as well. Till next time, my friends, stay safe.